Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Spiro, and I'm thrilled to have an amazing friend, former client. I've also been a client of hers as well. Uh, we've been longtime friends. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have her on the, on, the, on the call today. And the reason I'm so excited about this is because I started my journey Pretty much when I started my business, I started my journey alongside of Donna, who had already started a business and been growing a business, and she was my inspiration. So I'm thrilled to have Donna Ashton with me today. So Donna, please say hello to everybody here on our podcast. Thanks, Jeannie. I'm so honored to be here and to be on your amazing podcast. So thanks for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. So, you know, the story for me was when I first met you, you were my inspiration because I thought, who is this amazing woman that is running a home-based business the way she is? And I was still working at the time. And you had a business that, I, like I had never heard, make money in your sleep. And I thought, what is this make money in your sleep kind of business? And you weren't working a significant amount of hours and you were making money. And I thought, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, how are you making money this way? So to, um, go back in time with me for a second, Donna. When we first met, it was about eight years ago. What were you doing at that point? Yes, eight years ago. So I was just a few years into my homeschool coaching business and I was homeschooling my kids. They were, let's see, three, eight years ago. So they were probably in like third grade or something. So I have twin girls and I was homeschooling them and I started my business and I knew well, one, I didn't know you were supposed to have one-to-one -one clients. I didn't know anything about running a business. I just jumped right into the whole one-to-many model and thought, well, this is all I have time to do and I'm going to do it this way. So <laughs> I created programs and courses for my homeschool community for homeschool moms so they can improve and help you know, themselves be better homeschool teachers. And it, uh, it worked out really great. The, the price was good for them. It was a lower end type uh, model. And um, I grew a pretty good community over there. So when we met, yeah, I think I was about three years, two or three years into my business. And um, it was going pretty well. I was all excited about it and doing pretty well. And, um, and it was very scaled because obviously I didn't have any clients per se, although I was still working hard. But Working hard for me was about 15 hours a week back then when I was homeschooling because I spent, you know, the day, the morning with my kids and then I did a little work and then I spent the afternoon with my kids. So it was me just trying to fit things in, in between all of that. Yeah. And so things morphed over time. You decided a couple of things that led you to where you are today. And I'm going to, I want you to tell everyone what you're doing today in a moment, but Talk about your own evolution. So you were, you were raising kids, you were homeschooling them and had a business. And then there was an evolution in your business. So will you talk about that too? Yeah. Well then um, around sixth grade, they went to school. So that was kind of the beginning of the evolution for me though. Um, once they were in school, it was a little odd for me to keep like my business going, but I was like, well, I, you know, I homeschooled them for many, many years. I had a lot to offer people. I was still creating some courses, but I loved the business side of, of the, of my business. If that makes sense. I loved the marketing and I loved all of the, the technology and, and all of that. And, um, then people started asking me to help them create online courses. So it just sort of morphed into some of the moms and some of my colleagues who I had brought in. Uh, they were like, hey, can you show me how to do that? I'd like to have a course too. So it was sort of a natural progression into that. And then um, I was just thinking about you because I remember you're the one who I called like, well, it's been four years ago now because I, I think I called you up in December um, of 2015. And I'm like, I want to start another business. I want to start another arm of my business. 
I love, you know, the business side and I love all of that. And um, I, my kids are in school and I, I, my passion has sort of waned a little bit for the homeschooling. I had a really good thing going over there. It was very streamlined and I didn't have to do a whole lot, just kind of keep it running, but I wanted to bring on something else. And I, I tell the story probably on my own podcast, but then I was like, I think I'm going to help people. I, I didn't have any idea what I should do. And I remember like coming up with something that was like, um, how to grow your list with JV marketing or something that was yeah. going to be yeah. my, and I remember like a pause on the other end of the phone. <laughs> and I was like, hello, Jeannie, are you still there? <laughs> you were like, what are you talking about? You build your whole business with courses. Why would you do anything other than that? And I was like, oh yeah, that's a better idea. <laughs> I know. I know. It was so funny because I remember you saying you had this idea and I was like, but it, it sounded like you were it was like a more of a course idea at that point, as opposed to like a holistic business idea. I didn't idea. even know. I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to teach people how to do, I don't know what, I don't know. I was just like looking at what I had done. I couldn't even see the big thing that I had done, right? Right. No. And and I think I even asked you the question. I was like, Donna, and I've asked you this a couple of times because you've spoken at events. You've been a guest speaker at my events. Um, you know, I've, uh, like I've seen you evolve over the years in what you created in courses. And I think I asked you the question, how much money had you made from courses at a certain point and how many courses had you created? And then okay. when you tallied them up, because I know you don't, you know, I you don't any, like, I had no idea. Yeah. You had no idea. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done that much. And yeah, it was like 6,500 people or something. I had yeah. sold courses and I was so shocked and the money too, like more than the money was the, how many I had sold. And I had no idea. Like I just went back to see, well, I don't know how many have I sold. I just keep moving forward. I never look behind me to see, like I never tallied it all up or tallied all the money up. And it was almost half a million dollars, I think, too, at, the, at that time. And I thought, oh, my gosh. But I was so shocked at how many courses I had sold. So, Which yeah. is why I was like, OK, can you just pivot over here a little bit? Because I think you can create a business out of this instead. Yeah. <laughs> Which you promptly went into. And it, yeah. Yeah. I started in 20, like January of 2016. I had put a, an email to my homeschool list. Who's interested? Who wants to create a course? And I had uh, like six or eight people reach out to me and I'm like, I have my first clients. It was so fun. And I thought, and I started in January of 2016. So, uh, and that just, you know, kind of started the whole ball rolling over here. And I really never looked back because it was so much fun. And it was, it was what I had already been doing and I already knew, you know, how to do it. It was just, okay, now teaching other people to do what I had been doing for all those years. So, Which has been incredible because, um, and I, I, I want to bring this in in a moment, but there have been times in my business that I've looked at, well, how do I create passive or more um, curriculum-based content so that I can add that into my group programs or my programs and that I have I've had and you've hired me I've hired you we've been friends for eight years and I've loved being able to be in both of these roles at different times like like overarching we have this amazing friendship but on top of it like you have a whole different skill, skill set an experience, level of experience that I don't have that sometimes I'll come to you and be like, okay, Don, I really, really need this help. And instead of you just coaching me completely through it, I hire you and vice versa. And I love that we've both been able to learn different things and grow and keep scaling our businesses. And then we come back and be like, hey, I went in this direction. And then we both need it from each other at different times. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, you started with the events and doing all of that and speaking. And I mean, I was in your mastermind and then I obviously hired you last year to help me with my three-day event, which went amazing. And, and uh, yeah, we, we, we've gone off in different directions and then when we need, Hey, she knows how to do that. I'll grab you. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. Nice. So, so tell everybody what you're doing specifically now. So I want them to, to understand yeah, fully. So now I help uh, coaches, mostly coaches and professionals, uh, package up what they're doing in their one-to-one -one work and put that into an online course that sells. So that's really what I'm trying to help people leverage their time and add another income stream into their business. 
They don't have to necessarily, you know, stop working one-to-one, but this gives them some options to have something else going in the background. And um, several people who have created courses with me are like, I just don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over again. I'm going to give this to all of my one-to-one clients and, or it's been part, you know, part of the big package they give when they sell their private, or it's been something like as a, let me, I can't afford to work with you one-to-one or I'm not ready to work with you one-to-one and I want to dip my, you know, my foot in, <laughs> dip my toe in and, you know, get something that's a little bit less money and less commitment. Um, so there's many ways, but it's really helping these um, coaches who are doing very well and having a lot of success, um, give them some leverage so they don't have to work so hard if they want to scale their business up. Like if they're like, I want to double my business. Does that mean I have to take you know, if I've got 20 clients, does that mean I have to take 40 clients? Like that could be overwhelming. So, and I think people get to that point where they're like, okay, I have to do something else. I have to scale up and I have to leverage what I'm doing. And I love that you talk about this because we talk about leverage in different ways, but when you get to a point in your business, when you say I'm running out of time, or I choose to uh, create a model that allows me to have a lot more time, then the decisions have to be made. Like, well, exactly how do you want to serve and what do you want to create to serve? And then how do you want to work? And in my case, it's it, it's definitely more of the client-based business model. However, that can be scaled. In your case, it's the course-based business model that also can be scaled. And so it's nice because what you you can you can do it in multiple ways it's just once you do but you need to learn what it is and you need to apply it and there's certain principles that apply to different models yep right Right. you can just sell a diy course Mm -hmm. you could have a course as part of a coaching program which i Mm -hmm. basically am doing right now where i've got my modules and everything but then there is some you know, one-to-one or like group calls, or you could just give it to, like I said, as part of your private, um, you know, package and say, watch the videos. And then on next week's call, I'll answer your questions or whatever. So there are many ways to use that course in your business. It's not just, you know, put it on a website and try to sell it. There are different ways you can use it depending on where you are in your business and what you're looking for. Some people just love one-to-one coaching and don't want to drop that, but they do want to have a little help (laughs) as they start to get busier, right? I I remember the time when you were telling me that you were putting up, I think it was like a Black Friday sale and you were like, oh, well, I just send out a couple emails and then the revenue comes in and I sell this and this. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like you really I do agree. make money. I, I will tell you, like, since we're just around Black Friday, um, when I did that first Black Friday, I used to have those um, homeschool expos. So it was like mm-hmm. a big telesummit that I did every year and I would sell the whole thing as a big package. And then one year I decided to do a big like holiday sale and I took individually every one of those and I had like hundreds oh of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I put them all and they were $7. And I remember when I was part of another mastermind, I went back and told them, I said, I made $9,000 over the Black Friday sale from $7 courses. Like it was crazy. People were like buying every one of my $7. I'm like, you could have bought the whole thing for $99. And they were spending like $500 to buy individual like $7. They bought all of them. It was crazy. So I remember that. And, yeah. and so that's what's what's so interesting about this is that, you know, you can take what you've created, what's in your mind, what you've got expertise in, and you can leverage it in a variety of different ways. And that was, that was an example of leverage, right? It was like, I'm going to launch this. I'm going to leverage all of these different offers during this time, and I'm going to sell them. And now you teach other people how to take what it is that they really do or a a part of what they do and be able to leverage it. So I love it. Um, Okay, so I'm going to pivot a little bit here. Tell me a little bit about why you personally love this as a midlife woman. So, you know, we, we both know our ages here, but why do you love your business model right now based on like... like in contrast or or as part of your life and your lifestyle? Well, I think it's super important, especially right now. And as you know, I have now seniors in high school, two girls, 
And it's been really important for me, especially these last couple of years, as I'm getting closer and closer to the graduation and them both leaving the nest. It's been very important to me. It's been very important to me from the beginning, I guess, one, because of homeschooling. And then when they went to school, it was very important to me that I could shut my business down at three o'clock and spend time with them. Like I missed them. Right. And I wanted to keep the connection and I wanted to be the mom that drove all the kids to the volleyball games. And I was like piled in my van. I was the mom that went to all of the yeah, I was the mom that was always available when they needed me or when like something quick would come up. Like I was that person and I wanted to be because I was so involved with them in their schooling and their lives. So, and now as they've grown, of course, now they, you know, they're, there's a little breakaway with once they have boyfriends and cars and stuff, they're gone. So the time they are here, I want to be available. I still want to go to the basketball game tomorrow that's like two hours away you know I still want to be there for the college applications and the scholarships and just like chilling and watching Netflix you know on the couch together because I know I don't have a lot of time left with them you know yeah. like you know well who knows what's going to happen next year but if all things go well they'll be going off to college you know in the fall and that's going to be here so quick so it's it's really important to me and the other thing is as I've gotten older I feel like the money is good, but it's about the lifestyle. Like mm -hmm. I used to hustle a lot. I feel like I hustled a lot more. Like I just don't have the energy to do all of that anymore. And I don't know if it's just my age or I've just like gotten the whole work less, make more thing and I'm sticking to it. But <laughs> I just don't want to work so hard. I don't want to be the entrepreneur that is working 12 and 14 hour days. And it was sacrificing and all that. I don't know. Maybe if I had had kids earlier or done my business in my thirties, it would have been different, but it is what it is. And I'm like, I want to go to the beach. I want to take Fridays off. I want to just work a few hours in the morning. I have this whole routine that I do before I do any work. You know, I work out, I meditate, I do, I take my walk. I have some like, like uh, personal development things that I do and spiritual things that I do. And I want all of that. And I don't even start my work day till like nine or 10 o'clock. And I love that. You know, I think it's great. I can, I still have hours and I do my business, but it's very flexible. And for me that works. And with my husband, who's practically, um, you know, retired, you know, I want to be able to travel when we can travel again. And I want to get out there and do things. And I don't want to be so chained down. So my whole business model has to run around my life and not the other way around. Well, you, you said it really well. So it's, it's around your energy. It's around the things that you want to be able to do, the lifestyle. It's about your family. It's about your hopes and dreams and the things that you still are excited to explore in the future. And when you have a business that's set up that allows you to have that freedom and flexibility, it doesn't, you don't have to work. I mean, some people want to work 12, 14 hour days, but I think when you look at your values first and you say, these are my values and my priorities, let me design my business around it. And at this stage of life, well, there's other complications, you know, like kids are going off to school or, you know, our partners might be retiring at a period or our parents are aging, you know, there's other things that we're thinking about beside, well, we're going to focus only on making money. Right. Yet, what I think is important for everyone to know is that does not mean that we're not making great money in our businesses, right? No, because this is, I mean, I'm making the most money I've ever made and <laughs> working less. So it's all exactly. Fun. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, like you are, well, I want to just say this because I think this is important. When we decided to put together the event for you this past year, it was just before the pandemic. Uh, like, like your event was like, actually, days. I remember. It was like five days before the world shut down, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> well, saying to you, Donna, I think I'm going to bring, we need some hand sanitizer, right? Like it's a good thing to have, right? And I remember not hugging anyone. Like, like I was like, I'm going to be really, really cautious like, here. Why do I need hand sanitizer? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we're going to be really, really cautious. And 
you went into that event knowing, okay, I really want to be able to help more course creators create courses and or create a course-based business. And at that time, it was an opportunity for you to reach more people in that way. And we put together that event that would leverage your time in this year. And then five days later, I mean, and it was a very successful event, amazing event, um, profitable event, everyone did well. But then five days later, it was, oh, wait a minute, we have to flip things back around. And so you ended up needing to go back more into your online business marketing too. Mm -hmm. So I want you to talk a little bit about how you, what you've done in this year, in this, in 2020, to be able to continue to generate clients in your business. um, When a lot of other people might've been, you know, they were out speaking or hosting events, they couldn't do that anymore. How did you pivot? Um, You probably did what you've always done, but yeah, I did. Well, you know, I was doing a lot like in 2019, I did have a lot, I had my funnel running and I had Facebook ads and I had a lot of that going. And then as we moved closer to, you know, my event, I thought, well, gosh, I'm, I'm hitting the pavement. I'm showing up at all these networking events and I was getting clients without having to do anything like online. And so I kind of shut off all my stuff and I was like, let's just do this. And so I, I did ride the wave of the, the event was amazing. And even with the pandemic, like I still signed clients months and months after that people who were like, okay, once the pandemic sort of calmed down a little bit, then I had people coming on and I had made, I had made a lot of, there was a lot of momentum from my just showing up and doing all the things for the, for the event. So that kept me going but then I just was able to kind of flip a switch and kind of go back over here and start doing you know more online marketing doing some webinars doing some Facebook lives um, turning my funnel back on and just you know kind of going back because one thing I was like hey this is not the time for me to hide people need me more than ever right now because people are freaking out and they don't know how to get their work out there they need to get their work online so um, it was kind of weird for me because it was sort of like business as usual <laughs> and it was everybody else was kind of like, ah, and I was like, well, you know, okay, let's just keep going with this because I have something right here that could really help you. And it, it was a little odd because I kind of was like, I didn't miss a beat some, I mean, there was, you know, there was of course some kind of those days where you were kind of just feeling yeah. kind of de- depressed and kind of like what is happening out there, you know, right. but for the most part, my business, you know, though it didn't go exactly as I wanted it for the whole year did very well and did better than last year, even during the pandemic. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm super happy because I just kept signing clients who were like, I need to get my work online. I need a course now more than ever. And, um, and yeah, it's still glad the case. to be there. To, yeah, it's, it's still the case. People are still like, okay, it's time. Let's get it out there. Like, if not now, when? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if you can't see the the value of having a course and having things online right now, then right. you know, when when's the time? So yeah. Well, and and you were we you had done an event a couple when you were in my mastermind several years ago. You'd done a small event, and you know I teach like more of the workshop style events, so that's what you used in both cases. But this past year, when you did the workshop, um, the three day, it was um, it did allow you to get out and speak and have a, a variety of leads, and so you did have this balance of being able to do both, you know meet people. And then you also had people who continue to want to talk to you about working with you because what happened with the pandemic, more and more people said, I think I do need to bring my work online. So you're able to blend both of them together, which was great, but you had such a good background already in the online marketing and online strategies, um, which I want to talk to you about. So, you know, you, you really work with people not to do uh, initially when they're putting a course out, they're not putting like months and months and months into course creation and a lot of money into it. I want you to talk about this because I think this is important. There's a lot of people who say, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's, buy everything, invest in the ads, but you don't, that's not the way you subscribe to this approach. You don't 
Talk no. about that for a second. Yeah, I, one, I think you can get it done pretty quickly. I mean, if yeah. you if you if you have clients and you're and you have a process that's working, then it's pretty easy to take what's already going on in your business, what's already working for you with clients, and 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 put that into an online format. So. Um, it doesn't have to take months and months and months. And I don't want people to, you know, just go, okay, I'm going to start recording and I'm going to do all the things that people are like ready to hire the videographer to come in and, you know, and to get the PowerPoints and everything and all the worksheets, because I, I, my, my big thing is that they need to pre-sell this before they go full on because you just don't know. And many times, I'm, and it, it happened because it happened to me. You probably heard my story, you know, how I went out there, created a whole course, and then two people bought it. And I was like, what in the world? Right. You know, and I went back and asked them why they didn't buy this. And they were like, well, we thought we should be able to figure this out on our own. We use our money for our homeschool supplies and, and curriculum. And we don't want to spend some money on something we as moms, it was about like balancing their day as homeschool mm-hmm. mom. They figured they should just be able to figure that on their own and they didn't want to pay the money. So even though I had already asked them and they told me that's what they needed more than anything, like I'd already done the survey and they all said, that's what they wanted. I'm like, this is a slam dunk. It's going to be the best. I'm going to be sipping margaritas on the beach after I sell this course. Yep. (laughs) And then I sold two. And then I went back and I thought, wow, well, there's something more than just asking. It's when they have to pull that credit card out and say, Mm -hmm. here's the money. Yeah. So that's the final proof of concept. And I don't want people to do it all and have it all done. One, because first I want them to pre-sell. I want people to say, yes, I will pay this or close to what you want to pay. And then I want them to go through it one time as that beta test, that pilot launch, because many times they will change things. If they've only been doing one-to-one, then it's different when you start yes. to put it into a more generic format and they might think they need all this stuff. And then when they realize when they get actual people that they're like, Oh my gosh, it's way too much, you know, or it's way too fast. And so once they can go through it with a group, that's a a test group, they will see, I very rarely do people just get it, you know, nail it and do the whole thing without changing anything. Most of the times there's changes along the way. And I don't want you to have your whole course all done. Mm -hmm. And then you have to redo it again. That's like double the effort. So you can have the main stuff and you can have worksheets and things, but you may tweak some things. You may pull a module out. You may have to add some more exercises. If people are all stuck on module two or something, you may have to add some more things and doing that live version, that beta test gives you the gold you need to make sure that once that's done, you have a a killer course that's really going to sell and that people are going to get the results. So that marks that box again, or checks that box again of leveraging your time, right? And so when you think about it, like if you invest all that time into something and then discover it's not going to sell, you then have to do the work all over again. And so I love this, and you've always talked about this as, you know, what, what are the simplest ways to get it created or, or, or validated, right? You've got to validate it and then, you know, and then, then, then sell it, and then you create, <laughs> or um, sometimes you're <laughs> creating like after. paid to create it, because then yeah. you're really, that's a good motivator. When you sell yeah. five or 10 people, then you're like, all right, I got people. Then mm-hmm. you're more excited. And you're also like, okay, I have to get this done now because it's starting in a couple of weeks or whatever. So it's a lot easier to do it. You won't like take six months to yep. do it because people are waiting and they've paid you. And then if you do need some help, you want to hire a VA or you do want to hire someone, you have some cash flow. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do that when you've got that coming in and going, great, this is already Stunning. getting paid to create it, right? Absolutely. I, I remember when I um, thought I had gone through the steps of creating or validating um, a mastermind I had created, and this was way back, many years back, and I had put it out there, I validated it, and I had decided to quit my job, and I thought, okay, I've got it. This is what I'm going to sell. I've checked with everybody. I put my notice in. In fact, I gave my two weeks notice and I was like, I'm done. Now I'm just going to start selling it. 
I sold one. And I was like, oh no, I've just quit my job. What am I going to do? And so then it was this mad scramble. It was, a, it, it was an insanely valuable lesson to learn that, um, you know, get money in hand, right? Yeah. Before you make that kind of a decision. But also I made an assumption that people wanted because I read the, the, the notes or the survey, I, I made an assumption of exactly what I thought they wanted that they would buy. And there's a difference, right? Um, and, and so what do you see? And, and I think that this is an important thing that we need to, to dive into is there, there's a super fine line between wanting something and buying something. And what do you think? Like, I know where I, like how I see it. Um, what do you see? Yeah, it's, there is a very fine line. And when I have people come in and, and work with my program, they fight me on this part because you have to make sure that your course is giving them what they think they need. Yep. If you try to sell what you think they need or the process that you're gonna help them with, they don't wanna buy that. And because here's the thing, many times they don't know what they need because if they knew what they needed, they would go out and get it and they would fix themselves. They just know they have this pain, right? They got a pain, they got a pain. They don't know how to fix the pain. They just know they have a pain. And whether it's about stretching or yoga or posture or losing weight, the pain is what you have to be fixing. You have to talk about the pain and that your course needs to, what I call that migraine problem, that urgent migraine problem. You have to really hit that on the head. If you don't, that's where you get, that's where the disconnect comes. And that's where people were like, well, maybe I might buy it or it sounds kind of good, but then they don't pull out the credit card because you're, you're kind of like, you've missed the mark just a little with that, or they're not quite understanding what you're saying because they're still over here with the pain and they're not thinking about posture or whatever right all the time i mean it doesn't matter if it's a a mastermind a group program a course it doesn't matter it it, it always comes down to this one core principle like if you're you've got to sell something that people are actually going to want to buy because it is resolving a problem that they have and if they still think well i can take care of this problem myself then it, it doesn't matter. Like they'll be like, okay, well, thank you for identifying the problem. But if they don't see that you can help them get there faster or easier, or that um, they've stumbled and bubbled along far enough, like for a long time, but you can help them finally relieve that pain, that migraine problem, they will not invest. Right. And and it doesn't matter if you've surveyed them or any of that and you put the features in because a lot of people will sell based on the features, right? Like, you know, it has this many modules or it has this many bonuses. Right. That's secondary, right? Yeah, no one cares how many modules or how many calls you have. No. They no. want to know how you can help them and how exactly. are you going to be able to fix the problem? That's the bottom line. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because it's absolutely true. So you saved a lot of people some problem or some uh, struggle. Okay. So I have a couple more questions for you today. So I want to talk about some missteps or some hurdles that you've had along the way. So, you know, you've been, obviously you've been through a lot over the last 10 years or so, at least you've been in business, right? So um, let, let's just talk about some, like your decision-making, you know, along the way, how would you say, that you've become a better decision maker now? Decision maker. You know, I'm pretty quick to make decisions. I'm not Mm -hmm. one that like thinks about things for a long time. I just kind of jump in. And, you know, most of the time that serves me, sometimes that doesn't serve me. So I think um, I I go with my gut most of the time. And um, and I think there's a lesson to be learned no matter what um, happens. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm not one that just sort of spins out and thinks about things. I'll jump in and mm-hmm. um, kind of go, okay, this feels right. I think I'm going to move this way. Sometimes then I still have to kind of go, well, that wasn't quite the way, you know, but I think it's all part of the path Yeah. that we get there. Like if I hadn't done that, like if that course hadn't bombed for me, then I wouldn't have 
tightened up, you know, this, if, you know, all those fails that happened over the years all help. If everything is great, then you don't learn anything and you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you learn from your hardest clients. You learn from your biggest fails sometimes. Would you say you've become a faster decision maker over time in your business? I think so. I mean, I think I was always pretty fast. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big contemplator, (laughs) but I think I'm wiser now. Like sometimes I would just like, oh yeah, that's fine. Let's do it all. You know, like I I do look now does this really serve me? Is it going the way I want to go? Like I'm a little more discerning. Yeah. Um, maybe a little, that's the kind of decision. Like I really look at, do, do I really need this in my business as, you know, is this going to take me to the next place that I want to go rather than just kind of jumping into everything that sounded good yeah. <laughs> at the time. So yeah, maybe a little more discerning and looking again, it has to pass the criteria for me. You know, will this save me more time? Will this get me boosted up, you know, in my mm-hmm. income and give me the any more leverage? Or is this something I could bring back to my group and my people to help them? I really am looking through that lens when I'm deciding to do things. You you hit the nail on the head, and it's like you get to a certain level in your business. And so, you know, you are a six multiple six-figure business owner. And so you've gotten to the point where you're not making decisions like you were in the very beginning you're looking at this, like, I'm making this investment. Is this good for my business? Is it good for what I end up teaching? Um, How does this pay me back in time? And that's how I look at some of my decisions. Um, I used to look at things like, okay, I need this, and now I need this, and now I need this. Now I look at it like, okay, is this going to help me scale my business to another level? Is this individual someone that is the right person I need to learn from right now because it's going to help me and benefit my business? Yeah, I think it becomes more of, yeah, because as we move out of doing all the things, and you know, I was doing all the things for a long time. mm -hmm. I was running a lean business for a long time until the last couple of years. And doing all of the things myself, even though I knew I shouldn't be, but now I finally have given over and realize again, well, I could do all this myself or I could have someone else. So it's looking, making those decisions, looking at how this is going to help as a team, as I'm bringing in more people and how does this all fit together and how does this help me you know, really back out of the business more and more so I can have that CEO be the CEO, right? Be the midlife CEO, because that's what I want to do. And I want, I need that time away from my business doing all the little, you know, tasky daily things. And it's so nice to just have someone that I can say, Hey, can you do this for me? Bye. (laughs) And not be like spending the next 20 minutes trying to, you know, fix the logo in Canva myself and all of that. So I had to get around that. That was probably myself was a big bottleneck in the business for a long time. And I I watched you really like shoot up and go. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's investing in so much stuff and she's doing all these things, but she's just bypassed me. (laughs) So I, I, it took me, I was a little more stubborn when it came to maybe just letting go of some things and really um, growing more of a team and like going in that Mm -hmm. direction of, um, of being the CEO versus just hanging on and controlling everything because I could. And so that's hard when you've got that technology. I'm like, oh, it's easy for me. I'll just do that. But that is a, is a, is a hard thing when you get to that level where you just can't do that anymore. And it's, it's not serving you anymore. I think there was a question that I kept asking myself. Um, and this is when you just said kind of, I kept going further and further. It was, it, it was this, it was, would a person at that financial level that I'm planning to be at, would they be doing these things? And then that was all I kept asking myself. No, they wouldn't. Okay, so what would they do? Would they create a system? Would they have an assistant? How would they do that? And even though I might have to do it in that moment, it just became an obvious thing that I thought, I don't need to be doing this. This is going to be something that I'm going to have someone else do. And then and then there were other things similar to that, like, okay, uh, clearly other people are investing in their business so that they can scale it to another level. What do I need to be investing in? Because if I don't, it's going to keep me exactly where I am. And so I just kept, like, that was the CEO mindset that I kept putting on. Um, But believe me, like I had bottlenecks too. So (laughs) Um, we all do, but that's a great thing. And I do that so much more now because I have this what would a seven figure business owner do? How, and I, and I yeah. 
feel like I'm already there, even though I'm not financially there in my mindset is like, I'm already there. I'm yeah. making decisions from that place and things are just like, you know, taking off. And I think totally. you've got to, but you've got to get there when you can get there. It's easier said than done. You know, it takes work, it right? Does. It's like mental work. And it also helps to be around other people that are thinking the same way and having conversations. Like one of the reasons why, I mean, we've been good friends for a long time, but one of the reasons why we really are, we lean on each other a lot is because sometimes we need to su support each other with some things like that. Like, yeah. you know, I've had plenty of obstacles along the way <laughs> and I'm like, Donna, you got to walk me through or talk me through yeah. this. Like, we how do I talk like, each other down this. off the ledge as many times because you get in your own way and you yeah. can't, and it's like so obvious when I look at you, I'm like, oh, you just do this. And you've done the same thing for me. Like, mm -hmm. what's the problem? You just do this. And you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Okay. A couple of rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. So okay. if I, what would you say is your absolutely favorite um, marketing strategy these days? Hmm. Absolute favorite marketing strategy. Like when your business really still needs it, you're like, this is great. I'm going to keep well, this I one. love my podcast. I just started too, like a month ago. I am loving the podcast because you know, I like to talk. So yeah. um, I can just get on there and talk and talk and talk. And I've had so many people coming back to me already. It was weird. I have this, uh, like, I'm learning so much. They're like telling me what they're learning. And the other day I had a, a, the woman who I, I get massages. She's been coming to my house because she had to shut her like studio down from due to the pandemic. And she's like, oh yeah, I listened to your podcast list last week. And I was like, oh, my, like my massage therapist was listening to it. So I thought that was really funny. But um, anyway, and give your shout out about your podcast, the name of it, please. Yeah, it's the work less, make more podcast. So I just feel like people are like, oh, I got to really like know you. Like I'm not a real touchy feely person. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a good way for people to get to know me and like hear my stories and mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. At least that's what people are telling me. So I think it's fun. I can open up a little bit more over there and you know give a little behind the scenes which i think people like to see and i don't i don't Great. do a lot of that so i'm 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 going to go with the podcast i love it yeah and i love it i think it's an awesome podcast too so okay um what do you still love doing in your business one of your favorite things that you love doing well i think it's just connecting with my clients and i um went through a lot like i had some time during this year, even though the business was busy, there was still a lot of downtime to kind of look at things. And I did look at lots of systems. And but one thing I wanted to do was kind of find out what is my main role as I'm moving into the next levels? What do I want to continue to be my role? And that is connecting with potential or current clients. Like I love to connect, you know, talking to them on, you know, on the coaching calls that we have every week, or even people who are potential clients like talking through their ideas like does this sound like a good course and what do I think about it and I love to kind of dig in and do that so I think it's it's the connecting with people and and my clients okay and what don't you love doing anymore oh my gosh anything to do with numbers spreadsheets and tracking <laughs> I've never loved it, as you already know. And now I have an assistant, though, that has it all on my spreadsheets. And, and I do have, I got really organized this summer with uh, Leslie, who was on mm -hmm. my podcast. And I know you recommended she helped me kind of bring it down to just a few spreadsheets that I could keep. So I do look at that more. I know I have to look at that stuff, but um, it's just really condensed. And so I just feel like I still now feel like I have something without before it was just like, oh my God, I have no idea where my business is or what's going on. And that's kind of a scary thing. Now I have it. I, I don't love to do it, but um, you know, I yeah. got my assistant. There's always got to be one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So what's your best advice? So business and life advice for the midlife woman coach or client-based business owner, what would you like to tell them? Best business advice. I think you've got to go with your passion. I mean, if you're midlife, you know, you've probably spent years doing crap you don't love doing or have put off doing because you were raising a family or you were working a job at corporate or like doing things. And I think all of that leads you to where you are now. Yeah. But now's the time to like step into why you're here and what you're supposed to be doing and your mission. Because if not now, like when, right? You have to embrace it 
don't run away from it. Like really, um, you you have that in you for a reason, and you got to go do for it. it. Yeah, go yeah. for it for sure. Okay, so I want to wrap us up by you giving everybody a couple things that they need to think about if they're going to be creating a course. Um, I know you have a free gift, and I want everyone to know where they can learn more about you, get your free gift. So just just in a nutshell, tell everybody if they're thinking about creating a course in their business, they're a coach or um, client-based business owner, Tell us three things that they need to be thinking about as they get started. Well, I just did a podcast episode about this today. <laughs> oh, good. I had four things. Can I give you those? Please. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the first is what we kind of already talked about is you really need to understand that urgent migraine problem. Mm-hmm. You have to, your and your course has to be the solution to that then you have to have the right content inside the course so they'll stay engaged, so you don't overwhelm them, and so they get to the finish line. Then you need to make sure you're selling your course to the right person. So you've got to create it with that person in mind. If you're creating a course for um, weight loss, you can't sell it or create the same course to 20 somethings as you would to like baby boomers or seniors, right? You have to decide who's that person going to be and create the course and market it to the right person to get the right to, to sell your course. And then you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that what you're bringing will still change lives and still help people even if you're not the one showing up, speaking it, like, you know, delivering it every time one-to-one, like a course can still change people's lives and still make a big impact in the world. So if anyone here is um, considering putting together a course or really evaluating whether they want to put, to, to start moving into maybe even a course-based business, where can they learn more about you? And I know you have a free gift to give. Yeah, so. I think one of the best things they can do is um, I have a quiz and the quiz will really um, like show you kind of where you are in the process and if it's time for you to add a course and then how much, you know, you need to, like what you need to know inside there. So um, I'll give it to you here and I can, I'm sure you'll have it on your mm-hmm. show notes, but it's just create yourcoursequiz.com createyourcoursequiz.com and so go take that you get instant results and it'll tell you like where you are if you're like you're not ready it'll tell you you're not ready yet you need to go back and you know or you're ready or you might need to work on this so I think it's pretty cool I mean it's a great quiz and it'll give you the um you know the that boundaries of, okay, yeah, I think I am ready. And it's a really great time to kind of get your course done anyway, because the beginning of the year is the best time to launch a course. But anyway, that's right. <laughs> uh, and you can listen to me again on the work less, make more podcast, which is all over anywhere you can get podcasting. And then you can just check out my website at DonnaAshton.com if you want to check out more information and um, see some success stories over there. Awesome. Um, you have subscribed to my workshop method. Would you ever consider doing another workshop in the future? Would you, would you want to be able to do that in your business? Um, and and if so, why? My live event? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. I can't wait. In fact, people are asking me all the time, when are you going to do another one? When are you going to do another one? Like as soon as we possibly can, (laughs) I would love to, like, I love, I mean, doing courses are great. You know, being in front of people, there's no substitute for that. I mean, even as great as courses and online can be, if I could be in a room with people, then I'll do it. If I can't, then I'll do it virtually because I love to um, teach and be out in front of a group and have that synergy, that um, connection. And um, having people for a couple days is amazing. You really can make some great transformation with people as well as create um, a community and just have like these people want to just keep working with me because we all came together for the event then they all worked with me in in level one and now they're all moving on to level two with me so they don't want to leave each other you really create that community when you do that together and um, there's no I don't see a substitute for that and you're you're a great 
coach, you guys, if you're thinking about doing an online or, uh, or in-person um, event, Jeannie is your girl. She has run events for years and has created, I think you've helped dozens and dozens of people with some really amazing, yeah. not just making a lot of money, but making that impact and helping, you know, really have a successful event. You don't want to spend all that time and effort on an event that is, doesn't, do well because that's a big letdown. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I definitely not. Yeah, if, if anyone is ever thinking about doing one, definitely you want to consider the pros and cons to it. Um, but they can be done virtually, they can be done in person, and they're incredibly transformational for people when they're done right. So Donna's event was incredible. She was a true natural host, and it was a blast to be you there. They're helping right alongside me, which was so great. It was really, it was really fun. Yeah, and you attracted amazing. Amazing people. So that it, that was all a, a huge part of it, you know, putting together an amazing community. So, um, okay, so you'll find more uh, links and details below um, these show notes for connecting further with Donna. Donna, I just want to thank you so much. I, you know, I'm so honored that you're here. I love, I love that we have this incredible friendship and that we get to go parallel. We walk side by side each other in our business journey and. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you came on today. So thank you so much for having me. Of course, I would love, I love being here. As, as you said, it's been great to walk this path with you. And I'm sure we've got years ahead of us where we'll be yeah. linking arms and dragging each other and pulling each other and helping each other along down the path. So we sure will. We sure will. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please go ahead and check out Donna Ashton and her podcast, her quiz. We'll have the links below. You can find out more about her and her programs on her website. And for more Midlife CEO episodes, make sure to keep tuning in. And don't forget to join us in the Midlife CEO Facebook group. Thanks again, everyone, and look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.